This episode of the Dub Dub Review is sponsored by Magical Mara Designs. Do you enjoy showing off your love of Disney by wearing Mickey or Minnie ears, but get tired of wearing ones that are uncomfortable and give you headaches? Check out the made-to-order ear designs on Etsy shop, Magical Mara Designs. We've got cute and comfortable Mickey and Minnie ears made to order. Designing Minnie and Mickey ears is my hobby. Making ones that are actually comfortable to wear is my passion. Check me out on Etsy, Magical Mara Designs. Hello, welcome to the Dub D-Dub Review. I'm your host, well, let's do this right. I'm your host, Jar Jar Malik, and I'm joined by my co-host, Obi-Wan Panacorvo. How you doing, Obi-Wan? Oh, boy. I am. <laughs> Did you just say I am? Hang on, wait I a minute. Am. Wait a minute, we're, Darth by, we're, we're joined by Darth Van Swole. Tim, how are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Should we I do this one over the- again, or are we good with these titles? Are we good? Wow. Come on. Come on, Annie. <laughs> Come on. I picked Jar Jar at least, Pete. I gave myself uh, the worst title, right? Yeah, I know you did. I gave myself the worst title. All right. I got three guys today. Pete, before we start, Tim, you, you ready for uh, for a softball question here? I want to know where you guys stand, because I was reading a funny article here. Actually, it was on... Uh, um, it was actually on the Nerdist, believe it or not. But one of the things they talk about is some of the Star Wars villains and how Star Wars... Vill- <laughs> it was actually was, was, was kind of damning. It said, Star Wars has a massive villain problem. The title drew me in. And I'm just going to read you the opening paragraph, and we're going to go from there. For all of its mythic storytelling, visually splendorous space battles, and rich space fantasy world building, Star Wars has a massive problem. It's villains... While they look incredibly, well, I'm going to skip the word, bad, asterisk, 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 they usually have a genuine malice about them. They fold like a house of cards when push comes to shove. So if you're looking for a really good read, check it out on the Nerdist. But that brings me to my question. So I got two Star Wars super fans, and I consider myself a fan, though not quite super fan level. Star Wars universe has got a ton of villains. And I want you to rank your top three villains and they should be obvious but think about it because they're not so obvious so rank me your top three villains in the star wars universe and if you need to go to google images to remember all of them i will allow that Mm. so so pete pete this is one right up your alley right buddy top three (laughs) tim are you brainstorming your top three villains we'll let our guests go first tim give me your top three villains all right. Well, I I think I would have to go with number three would be um, General Grievous, okay. just because who else can fight with four lightsabers at once? Right, spinning and whatnot. Yeah, I mean that's that's cool. I mean it's a little annoying that you know the whole uh, breathing issues thing that he had, but you know that seems to be a common theme amongst some of the Star Wars villains. Right. There's some. Which, there's some. Uh, some. Some. Some gas or some toxic fumes flying around Star Wars universe. Yeah, evidently. Well, nobody ever wears respirators or breathers anywhere. And, you know, all the planets are completely breathable. So, Isn't OSHA alerted here? Shouldn't there be some kind of OSHA regulation here? Okay, so we got General Grievous as number three. Uh, I'm going to go with Darth Maul at, at two because, again, unique, cool lightsaber. He's got the double-sided you know, sided lightsaber. And just the the tat the face and head tattoos and the horns. He just he's the coolest looking villain of all of them, as far as I'm concerned. Now, Tim, in your first two picks, now by default, you've eliminated some of the heaviest hitters in the universe. So, really interesting. Okay, number one. And I I got to go with the classic Darth Vader. I mean, hard, it's hard to beat Vader, and he was always you know the the ultimate bad guy from the very original, and then. You know, in Rogue One, he just went to a new level of evil 
when he made his appearance in that movie. So it was it was seriously intimidating. So I think I would have to definitely get him top billing for me. Okay. Pete, you've had some time to think. You got some for us, buddy? Yeah, mine are... I mean, you know me. Mine are going to be a little... We'll call it different. Um, so my number three villain is Anakin Skywalker. Okay. Based solely on the act of killing the younglings at the Jedi Temple. Interesting. That act alone makes him probably the third worst villain I can think of. I, I, you know, I never considered that. And I, the act alone is right, Pete. That was pretty villainous. And despite the fact we had to sit through that goofy pod race, that was pretty villainous too as well. Uh, Oh yeah, but. (laughs) Okay. So number two, Darth Sidious. Okay. Also known as Emperor Palpatine, for those of you that don't know. And then, (laughs) of course, Darth Vader. So Anakin's on there twice, but. Again, it's Vader. You can't top that. Okay. So let's name a few guys here. Then you kind of give me from a zero being eh to ten being really villainous. Let's count some of the guys we didn't mention. Okay. You want to do that really quickly? Sure. Let's let's go with with Tarkin. All right. The original, not necessarily the reincarnated. Okay. Governor Tarkin? Yep. What do you say? It's like a three. Okay. Tim? Yeah, I, I think he, he's pretty low down on the the scale. He's Aaron boy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He does have that ominous look to him, though, of take charge quickly. How about Kylo Ren? What do you give him? It's still a question mark with Kylo. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I, you know, I'm not sure what, how that plays out. Right. I, if it was based on the first movie that he appeared in, I, I wouldn't have ranked him very high, but it's uh, I, I think I'd probably put him at a 6 right now with the with the ex- expectation that he would move higher on that list later on. Okay, Pete? Yeah, I'd agree. It's, he's going to be middle, upper pack right now. It's like 6, 7. Okay. Let's go two more here. Okay. I want to go with, uh, well, I want to go with Snoke. What do you give Snoke? Uh, I, considering he, he died in a very flaw. foolish way, right? Yeah, I I think I'd I'd give him a, a five. Okay, Pete. I was, I'd, I'll go a little higher. I'll give him a six. Okay, but I mean, honestly, he got bested by really just being blinded by his own ignorance and arrogance. So, Okay. I got two left. And uh, first off, let's go with Boba Fett. What do you give Boba Fett? Come on now. I, I personally don't see the Boba love. I, You know, Boba made his appearance in what may be the worst piece of cinematic garbage ever made. And that was the Star Wars Christmas show. You know, without that, we probably don't even have a Boba Fett. But now, there's this whole sect of people that that are just you know, clamoring for Boba to get his own movie. So I'm not. I don't see it. Maybe I'll get one over, but he's a he's a three for me. Okay, Peter. See, for me, Boba Fett isn't a villain as much as he is. He's a bounty hunter. That's that's what he's about. I I can't I don't rank him as a villain. Okay. He's just kind of a bad A that you don't want to cross. Okay. He could have possibly the most embarrassing death of all the villains. Would you agree on that? <clears throat> um yeah. Yeah. If we if it is true that he is he actually died there, okay. there are, are pathways in the Star Wars universe where he actually survived that. Yeah, it's through Sarlacc's back end, but it's not good. <laughs> All right. Last one. Ready, Pete? Mm-hmm. Jabba. What do you give Jabba? It's like a four. A four? 
Okay. I'd actually put Jabba a little higher up. I think I I like Jabba better than the other guys you mentioned. Well, maybe not better than Kylo. So I, I'd go evil with Kylo. I give him a six. Okay, so you guys are all going to have to go and read that article because I think that exercise right there, the ones you mentioned initially, I think they were kind of deserving. But as we get later on to the universe, these characters, which are their major villains, you realize that they haven't left that indelible impression in your mind that we don't buy them as super villainous. We've given them a low ranking. So something interesting to talk about. Uh, So... Pete, we got Tim to join us today, and honestly, there's mm-hmm. a lot of Star Wars news out there I want to cover, but fact of the matter is, Tim's a way bigger Star Wars fan than I'll ever be, and, and I know you are a huge Star Wars fan as well. So we needed to get ourselves a routine Star Wars expert, and I couldn't think of a better guy. So, Tim, we wanted to give you the floor and educate me on the news of the Star Wars universe, please. Well, at first I thought, you know, I don't think we've had a. You guys have done a review of any kind since the uh, the last Jedi movie came out. So, you know, are you guys interested in, in talking about that first? Sure. Maybe just doing a general review, or yeah, heck yeah, go ahead. Discussion. Yeah, okay. I mean, even I, I'm, I'm gonna. Man, this is gonna be bad on my part, but I finally saw the movie last night. Okay. First time. I mean. Full disclosure, I haven't, I had not seen it yet until last night. I actually managed to stay fairly spoiler free through the majority of it, except for one issue that a lot of people had. And having now seen it, I had the same problem with it. But Peter, I would not throw any rocks at your glass house, being where I sit from as far as the Disney movie universe. So all is forgiven from my perspective. Tim, hey. let's go, buddy. Let's do it. All right. Well, first of all, since Pete mentioned spoilers, I, I just feel like we should put this out there. Like, I I personally don't plan on putting out any major spoilers in, in my review or anything I'm bringing up, but there's there's likely to be, you know, inadvertent minor spoilers in our conversation and discussion today. So if somebody truly isn't interested in any spoilers, you know, this is your warning. So um, there may be some minor spoilers. Like Darth Jar Jar's coming back. <laughs> Let's do it. <coughs> it's probably probably not. All right. So first of all, I, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So I anything that Disney's ever going to produce under the Star Wars name, I'm going to like. I'm just you know that kind of a fan. I I, I can't envision a day yet where I'm not going to have you know some love for whatever they produce. It's just the way I am. You are, um, you I, are this Facebook meme, Tim, where you stand outside the theater and say, shut up and take my money, right, when there's a Star Wars involved from Disney, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, and I know that most, a lot of Star Wars fans are not that that way, and there's been lots of conversation and discussions out there since the movie came out. But um, overall, I, I really liked the movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I, You know, everybody wants to rank things, and I don't know that I'm ready to rank this in, in any way. Um, with all the other movies, I kind of feel like the three separate trilogies are need to be considered separately. But I liked how they they brought in humorous elements into this movie. Um, the opening scene or an opening scene with um, Poe Dameron and General Hux, I really loved that that part where it was just this witty banter back and forth. He, he actually called him General Hugs instead of General Hux. Um, so that kind of the humor, I thought it was a, a new way to lighten things up. Also, Chewbacca with the porgs. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't go into any more detail for that for the people that haven't seen it, but that's that's a hilarious moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I like that they brought in the humor. What do you guys think? Um, if for me, there were it worked in certain parts. There were other parts where it was kind of I'm not sure it was the most appropriate spot for it, but. For the most part, it was it was good. Um, it's it's almost to me, Pete, like it's it's become the accepted norm now in in action movies, though, because every Marvel movie has it, and the Guardians is filled with it. So if you have an action yeah, movie but, now that doesn't have like I, I don't want to say witty humor, but humor placed in the movie, it almost feels out of place now because in every action movie they're producing, it's part of it. It's sold as part of the package. 
I think, but with certain characters, it, it has to fit with that character's personality. Okay, you're talking about Luke Skywalker and his use of humor? Yeah, a little. Okay. Um, you know, like, the thing, I can, I can see Poe Dameron doing that, like, no, no problem. But some of the things that are said by Luke are just like, it doesn't really sound like. Yeah, valid point. I was thinking the same thing. Something he would say. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. That it's fun, it's enjoyable, but it's not quite right. You know, that's that. That leaves to my perspective. I'm glad you let off with that, Tim, because it was on my list of things to talk about. Was was it perfectly fitting with the movie? So, okay. Absolutely. Um, I, there were some. I definitely there were some parts I loved, and and some that not as much. I, I was a big fan. I think that the battle scene with uh, Ray and Kylo with Snoke's guard was one of the most impressive scenes. You know, in in all of the Star Wars sagas. Mm-hmm. Pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I I enjoyed that they had reunions of of Luke with uh, some of the the older characters, um, like Yoda and Leia. And without going into details about how they do those, but I, I liked that they had those in there. Um, and that there was a humorous element to Yoda's interaction with with Luke as well. And so that was uh, I, I really liked how they did that. Um, some of the new characters that they brought in, like Admiral Vice Admiral Holdo, I thought she was it was, it was interesting. I wasn't sure where they were going with the development of her character, and then in the end, it, she just became this person. That, like, wow, I really, really liked her and, and how um, they portrayed her in the end. A powerful female character that you kind of underestimated at first, and then came to be you know have this great respect mm-hmm. for. Those are some of my favorite moments in the in the movie. <clears throat> Pete, what did you, uh, you take home with you, Pete, when you saw it yesterday? What was your take take home moment? Um, I'm interested to see where they take the Rose character. Mm-hmm. She seems to develop a relationship with another character that I I strongly thought was going a different direction. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I will say that the Codebreaker, mm-hmm. the stutter that they gave him really irritated me. Because <laughs> it was occasional, and it's just like, dude, spit it out. You can talk normal, but every once in a while... It's like, hmm. and you're you're a you're just a pos of of a person. Pete, I'm watching your expression here as you're talking. So this, how do you feel about the movie in general? Give me a number because honestly, I I I, I, I liked the movie. Okay. <laughs> there, but like I said, there were certain things about it that just didn't jive with me. Okay. Um, the Codebreaker is one. You know, like it almost seemed like it was a setup. Okay. From the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know if his story arc's complete though, just yet. Remember, people often are scoundrels first and can redeem themselves later on. Yeah. And I, and I can completely see that happening only because he's not a nobody. He's very famous, you know, and he's done a lot of movies before. True. He's not a throwaway character. There's there. I think more of that story arc. I don't know. We'll see. What do you think about this thought? That the Star Wars philosophy here, when you need to fight a villain or have a bad guy, the Star Wars plan is we just make it bigger. You know? We make a bigger Death Star. We need a bigger cannon. We need a bigger you know, you know, you know, you know, ship. What 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 is what is the uh it's a dreadnought, right? That's the ship that's the name of the ship in the first scene? At the beginning, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's just the Star Wars philosophy is just bigger on everything. <sighs> Right, but then what's crazy is it goes the other way at the end. See, you guys are impressed I even knew it was called a Dreadnought. I, I actually did see the movie, right? <laughs> Tim was thinking, I wonder if Chris really even saw this movie. <laughs> no, I saw it. I saw it. Because they do refer to 
something in the end as miniaturized Death Star tech. Okay. Okay. Well, I'd well, forgotten about that. Overall, then, give me a ranking. So, zero is I ain't never watching it again, and ten is I'm watching it as soon as I finish this recording. Seven? Seven. Tim? Seven. Yeah, I, I think I was, I was thinking seven, too, when you first mentioned that, so... I think it's a seven. That's a respectable. Yeah, seven. That's, a, that's a respectable number, and it's probably fitting. When people were first saw the movie; they were saying it's fabulous. It's ten. It's best Star Wars movie ever made, and those were tens. But I think seven is pretty accurate. There are moments that you'll really appreciate as a Star Wars fan. But if you never saw the movie before, I think you could watch it and appreciate it just for the the, the, the sheer movie that it was, and still enjoy it. Correct? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Couple of the. Moments I didn't care for, like I didn't. I, I call it the Leia popping scene. Um, you, you guys know what I'm talking about when when I say that. Yeah. Um, all right, we're. In, I'm going to just put this out. Spoiler alert here, folks. <laughs> if you do not want to hear what we're talking about, fast forward a minute. If it's awesome, space, it's like, it's like ten minutes. <laughs> space Leia is terrible. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. There is. It, it's never been seen before. It's never been done before. And all of a sudden, this person that in the movies has had no formal training whatsoever in her use of the force can will herself from space back to the door of the ship that she just got blown off of and survive. Pete, you you are you are on your uh, you got your grumpy old man cane out of here. Are you kidding me? It's called creative <laughs> writing. That's yeah. no, that's that was the one scene I had the most problem with. That was bad. I, it, absolutely right, Pete. You've described it well. And Tim, what was your thought on that? All right, for me, it wasn't so much the the concept of what was going on. It was it was really for me. It was about the pose. It seemed hokey, and it just seemed contrite. And I don't often think that I could do something better than a than a movie maker. But in that moment, in that scene, the I, it was as clear as could be to what to me what I would have done with that as the director. I would have that would have been an internal dialogue moment where Luke and Leia would have connected, and she would have heard Luke in her head saying, "Leia, you have the Force, use it," mm-hmm. and and would have then somehow wilted her way back to the ship because of that. I thought that would have been the perfect way to to wrap that whole thing. Okay. What else? What, what else? What else didn't you like? Let's go on to I, that, then let's get into your news, all right, Tim? There's a there's a scene where Luke is. It involves green milk. Oh God, it was really... awful! Oh Lord, it was awful. That was one of the worst. <laughs> as soon as you said it, I agree. Uh, it's there's no need for that. And and I read some stuff about the the painstaking effort that they had to put into filming that. There were two people in the in the costume. It just it's. It was unnecessary and awkward. So it, it was unnecessary and awkward. Those are perfect words to describe that. When I watched it, I literally felt like I did not need to see that scene at all. It did nothing for the movie other than it was vile. It was awful. It just showed that Luke has a thing for multicolored milk. He drank blue in the first <laughs> movie. Now it's green. Not a big deal. And it's a regular part of his routine on that planet, Pete. Exactly. It's a regular part of your day. Oh, I'd be yeah. checking out of that planet. Right? So, oh, yeah. So, overall, in the end, I guess, you know, my my overall take was this movie, I can't believe the polarizing effect that this movie had on, you know, the Star Wars universe of fans. Um, you know, like I said before, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I always will be to some degree, no matter what they do. Um, but I, I really felt like the elements that Ryan Johnson was going for here, he, he broke some molds. And I think he needed to do that so that the Star Wars universe can continue to expand into new generations of fans and, and to go new places. And part of that was the humor. And, and part of it was other, um, you know, just ways that they did things and, you know, it may not speak to everybody in the universe, but I, I think that it was still overall a, a fun story. It's still part of the world that I love and have since I was a kid, and I think that they're going in the right direction for the future. Pete? I, I'm kind of the other end of that. I, I'm 
Brian Johnson, from what I understand, has been given his own trilogy he's going to get to work with. Believe it or not, I am looking very much forward to J.J. coming back for the next one. Wow. Okay. Well, I tell you what, we could probably have this talk for about another 40 minutes. But instead of that, Tim, you are full of news today, right? I I do. I have um, a number of things that I want to bring up. Let's do it. Set us up with uh, you got you got theme park news, you got movie news, you got you, what do you have? Um, <clears throat> well, the first thing I've got here is um, it's um, it's about a deleted scene that was released um, this week. Um, the Star Wars show on YouTube, if you're familiar with that, um, they released a deleted scene. I think it's going to be on the DVD um, deleted scenes portion of when it comes out. Um, they they released this and it has to do with Phasma, Captain Phasma. Okay. And um, you know, I, one of the biggest complaints that a lot of the fans had with the movie was that you know Captain Phasma was super hyped in all the the run up to the movie, and that in the end, you know, what really happens in the Last Jedi with her is it's hang, kind of just a whimper. Hang on, hang on. Is this spoilery, Tim? Right now, I, we should probably clarify this again, Pete, by saying, and Tim, going forward. It's like everything we're going to say here is spoilery in nature. So if you've not seen this movie or if you don't want to see uh, or hear about any of the future news, this is probably not the show for you. Maybe fast forward or join us again. Right. But this sounds spoilery, so I just want to give a fair warning. Okay. I don't think this one's going to have any specific spoilers, more general just references. But I but you know, I never know what I'm going to say that might be a spoiler. And I'm I just like don't a punk, know. man. She, yeah. It's treated so, like a punk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So in in the movie Phasma, um, you know the big scene involving Phasma. We'll just leave it at that. It, it's really more of a whimper, you know, instead of this big grand scene. It, it was it kind of left with me, you know, wanting more. And I I had recently read a book um, in the last year titled Phasma by Delilah Dawson, Delilah S. Dawson. Okay. Um, and it's a story of her backstory and. You know how she came from a primitive warrior to becoming, you know, a member of the first um, order, and they had also done a, a four-issue series in Marvel Comics um, that was set specifically for her and following her path um, from right after the scene in, in the the Force Awakens when she battled with Finn. Um, you know, and it deals with the aftermath of her surviving Starkiller Base and everything she does that, and with all of this extra stuff that came out about Phasma in the year leading up to this, I thought, oh, she's going to be this fantastic character, and she just kind of fizzled. Yeah. Um, and- she, she leads the <laughs> Hollywood Studios, Tim, March of the First Order. That's She's like one of the headliners. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She does. I mean, everything they've, they've put her out, I don't know, maybe it's this uh, big shiny costume, but I didn't feel like they developed the character in the movie to the best of their abilities. And when I see this deleted scene, I think to myself, it's it's not terribly long, and it does a fantastic job. It's a much better um, scene than what they actually left in the in the movie. Ooh, so interesting. Okay. Yeah. And it, it's just it's a simple um, difference, but I think it would have been much better in the end. Okay. What else you got? I was just impressed that she actually had armor that worked. <laughs> <laughs> It must be that silver stuff, right? Pete is not white, so it's got to be right. That, that well, and and that's, another, that's another component of the you know the novels that you know we actually learned about where she got the the, the armor and and how she got it, which which kind of leads me into a, a little maybe news story, but side side news story. I, I want to put a plug in here for for if you're a Star Wars fan and and you don't you're not into reading the novels and the comics, you know. You can enjoy the movies as they are, but there is a lot of stuff out there that's really interesting that kind of fills in gaps and is good. I, in, I'm reading a book right now about Leia, the Princess of Alderaan, by Claudia Gray, and she's uh, it's kind of introducing us to Leia as a as a young girl becoming a princess. You know, learning she's a teenage girl, but she's um, but she's you know being put in these positions to become a princess and a political figure. And, now, it actually introduces us to her relationship with Admiral Holdo, you know, when they were both young girls. Um, there's an Aftermath trilogy. We've talked about this, I think, before. Um, really, 
filled in some things. It, it opened up a lot of possibilities for the future in the Star Wars universe. Honestly, I read those, that trilogy, and I thought I had predicted so many things about what was going to happen in The Last Jedi. I wasn't right about any of them, but there are so, <laughs> <laughs> there are so many directions they can go with those things now. Hey, Tim, you um, fit in well with Pete and I then here on the show, because we're, we're, we're rarely right ourselves on anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, there's some really good stuff. There's a series of a bunch of comics. So if you if you find yourself as one of those Star Wars fans that just can't get enough, I, I seriously suggest that you consider, you know, checking out some of those things. There's a lot of good information okay. uh, out there. So, oh, and by the way, in that Aftermath trilogy, uh, the last book, there, we actually do find out what happened to Jar Jar Binks. Oh, so, I know, I know, and Peter already spoiled this for me, and he's sitting there grimacing like the Cheshire Cat, so don't even tell me anymore. Next story. Move <laughs> on to the next story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Solo, a story, or a Star Wars story, is coming out um, in May, May 25th, 2018. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful, you know, I said that I'm a fan of everything that, that comes out in Star Wars, and I'm sure that I will be about this one, too. It's just, I, I, I'm hopeful that I'll be able to give it a, a higher number than, than a lower number when it comes to ranking this one. It seems to be a bit cursed. They've, they've had to switch directors midstream. They had Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who were, you know, known for the Lego movie and, like, Cloudy, the Chance of Meatballs, 21 Jump Street, but... Um, evidently their, their vision was not meshing with, uh, the powers that be at Disney and in Lucasfilms, Kathleen Kennedy, and, uh, they had, he had, they had to be replaced and Ron Howard took over, which I love Ron Howard, little Opie Cunningham, you know, um, all the way from back in the, when he was a kid, but Ron Howard's track record is really feast or famine when it comes to directing movies too. You know, you got Apollo thirteen, which I loved, and then you got Da Vinci Code, and you know some of these. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I, my my saving grace in this that keeps me optimistic is that the the writer of this, and I'm drawing a blank on what his name is, um, but is the same as he's been involved in a lot of the most successful Star Wars movies throughout the years. So I'm hoping that, that it will turn out to be a good a good movie after all. Pete, what are your thoughts on that, on the Solo standalone movie? Um, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. I liked the character. Um, I know there's parts of the movie that are being leaked that, you know... It, like the Kessel Run issue and how they've always so you know, that's a measure of distance, not time, blah, blah, blah. You know, I think we may get a couple of answers that people have always wanted to know. Okay. Whether or not it's going to be an entire movie's worth, I'm not sure. Okay. The other issue I have is suppose still, as far as I know, we there is no Billy D. Williams in this. Okay. I can't understand how Lando is not going to be a part of this movie. Uh, he he his character is in it. Donald Glover's playing playing Right. But, but Billy D has said he wanted to be a part of it and they just Oh, I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> let, let me ask you this much guys, as Star Wars fans and and then let's move on cuz I know you have a couple more here. Are we at the risk here of where when the first three movies came out, it still had such a following over time, and they rushed the first trilogy, and they kind of flooded the market with Star Wars stuff, and they keep on putting out merchandise. Are we at the point where the market's flooded, and we just keep on beating it and beating it and beating it, and we're going to put it out there? I know Star Wars lands out there, and are going to support their, their, their parks and their editions, but are we oversaturated on the market now at this point? Where there's so much out there that you know a standalone story for Solo, I don't, I, I don't know. It, me as a fan, it's not drawing me in right now. I'm sure it'll be great, but it's not drawing me in. I think I just see it as oversaturated right now. I think it's less saturated than the superhero market is. Per, perhaps because there is a new superhero movie coming out every other week, it seems. 
It's a different right. Marvel whether it's DC. whether it's Marvel or DC yeah. or whatever. But you'd have to admit, everywhere you look right now, in any toy store, Target, Walmart, anywhere you go, or movies or ads, it's a Star Wars. There's there's Star Wars bananas, Pete. There's a Star Wars sticker on a banana. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how that actually takes place, but there is. It, everywhere. It, Nissan's got a Star Wars licensing contract. And I know, you know, I mean, it's not a Disney per our discussion, because Star Wars is a different beast. But everywhere you look, it's there. So, I don't know. Are you turning off people? Is it... Are you taking less? Is there less discipline needed to become a fan now where you actually had to go and find information? Now you're just being punched in the face with it? Perhaps, you know? Yeah, I think merchandise-wise, there there is definitely a, a saturation. Uh, and we may be oversaturated with merchandise. From a, from a movie standpoint, I, I just am excited to have, you know, every, once a year to be the opportunity to go see a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be saturated with the stories, but I, you know, they're not drawing me into buying a whole bunch of merchandise. That's for sure. When we get to Watto stand stand in uh, movie, then then let me know. You know, that's going to really <laughs> that's going to really be a hit. Okay, next story. Let's It'll be a 15 minute short. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay, what do you got, Jim? <clears throat> Ron, I'm sorry, I'm looking at my other notes. Mark Hamill received his star on the Hollywood. Walk of Fame this week, um, Thursday, March eighth. I was really kind of shocked that he didn't already have one. But that's yeah, the Star you, Wars thing. You got to pay for those things nowadays, man. You <laughs> <laughs> might have had one, but it might have been just off the street at a different one. I, Tim, I'm, I'm I'm actually surprised myself. I would have assumed he would have had one as well. Yeah, and and it's not just from the Star Wars. He's been super successful. He's a huge, um, hugely successful character voice, at least in the, uh, um, Batman industry is as uh, the joker um so i would have thought that he would have gotten something at some point but he didn't he got it this week cool cool what else you so, got how, how about theme parks you got theme park related star wars news i do there was a um a disney parks released a mini trailer kind of this week of a drone flyover of mm-hmm. the footage of construction at disneyland and it, it looks amazing mm-hmm. um it's huge, you know, compared to what they've kind of shown with the Toy Story um, land at Disney World. Uh, this is going to dwarf that by far. Now, this is the Disneyland construction, but I got to imagine that it's it's going to be virtually the same thing. You know, that they're going to be mirror images of each other, Disney World and Disneyland. Um, just Disneyland's a little further ahead yeah. in in their construction, but um, it looks amazing, and they kind of did a little layover effect. Um, at the end, where you all the um, film footage that you saw was like the skeletons of the shells. There's no nothing decorative, but at the end of the trailer that I saw, kind of did a layover effect where you're looking at a scene of this skeleton, you know, construction, and then they kind of showed you what it was going to look like as a finished project, and it looks just incredible. Yeah, Disney—they're way ahead of where Disney World's construction is right now. <laughs> But at least, you know, we have no doubt. As far as projects on both coasts, this is like A number one. So you know the best and the brightest. And, and any idea they have is going in here. Because that bar has been set so high from Harry Potter and, and, and heck, even Pandora on their own account. Mm-hmm. That I know this won't disappoint. Neither will a hotel. I know these will be these will be the buzz of the industry for several years. And at least as Star Wars fans, we know that we're not going to be disappointed. Because I, I mean, Star Wars fans are like runners. I mean, they're 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 insane. <laughs> they will they'll, they'll they'll revolt if it's anything less than what they expect. And Tim, you said something earlier, and I'm going to actually disagree with you in a little bit. Like like the Star Wars fan, the, I think they're more common to be the super fan than the casual fan. I, I I firmly believe that. Like like Pete, I would consider you to be a super fan. You know, even me, and I say casual fan. I know a heck of a lot about Star Wars. I like to say that I don't, but I know a heck of a lot about it. I don't nearly know the books and that you've read in the comic books. But I think the super fan is more prevalent. So if they don't get what they want with these lands coming in, all heck's going to break loose. So I, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be fabulous. And I know the hotel will be as well. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Um, I go back to when we, when we heard uh, Dan Banksley spoke speaking at uh, when we saw Marty Sklar um, the day we actually met for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's, 
somebody asked him in the audience, you know, what's your favorite attraction you've ever worked on? And, you know, for those of you that don't know, Dex Tanksley is a Disney Imagineer, and he said, you know, the best thing I've ever worked on or my favorite thing I've ever worked on is the thing that I'm working on now. And he had alluded to earlier in the, the talk that he was working on something for Star Wars Land. And so I, I respect him so much, and I think that it, whatever he's working on is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Pete, you, were, you, you, you had something coming out. Um. Yeah, I lost it now. <laughs> All right, moving on, moving on, Tim. What else you got, buddy? Um, Star Wars Rebels, the the cartoon show on Disney, had came to an end recently. Now, in in full disclosure, I am I am not a watcher of Star Wars Rebels. I, I wanted to be, but I I came to the game late, and they didn't really protected the ability to watch that. There were it didn't go to Netflix like, you know, the Clone Wars did, the cartoons. Um, you know, you couldn't watch the re- reruns on, like, digital on demand um, more than, like, one episode back. So it seemed like they were really protecting that. You either have to buy the DVD or you have to wait for it to come out in some streaming um, service later on. But mm-hmm. um, but the people that have watched it and from what I've read about it, it sounds like it, it's really... They left it so that it opened up so many other possibilities for where this can go. It's, it appears that the unknown regions of the Star Wars world, literally the Star Wars universe, um, the places that they haven't even discovered are going to be the places where the future goes. Um, the Aftermath trilogy alluded to that as well. They kind of really open it up to these places that the Star Wars world doesn't know. I know that there's a book called about Admiral uh, about Thrawn, which is a character I don't know much about um, right now, but I know that he's a big part of it, and he's he is supposed to be a big part of that as well. So I'm excited to see where that that might go. Cool. I can't say I've seen an episode. Pete, episode? Um, yeah, actually, I I used to watch it, and it it was one of those shows where they bounced where it would air, time wise and day wise. And once I lost track of it, it became very difficult to find it again. And then when I did, I had missed so much that I was kind of lost. Gotcha. Okay. So it's it is one of those shows where you have to yeah miss a minute miss a yeah mm-hmm. yeah you have to stay with it and you have to really because like I watch one episode and then it. I didn't see anything on it because I couldn't find it for a couple of months. And next thing I know, one of the major characters is blind now. I'm like, what? What What happened? Okay. okay. Um, so, yeah. I mean, they do stuff like that where it was like big jumps in the story. And all of a sudden, you could just be completely lost in it. Okay. Tim. Um, all right. So, moving on to the next one. 86-year-old John Williams says that. Star Wars Episode Nine is going to be his last Star Wars film, which you know, at eighty-six years old, can you can you blame him? Yeah, no mas. I saw this the other day, and and I was reading the news story myself. That's pretty interesting. I couldn't blame him at this point. You, you know, you, when you think of movie scores, some of the most famous movie scores, not even Star Wars related, like John Williams. Oh, was, yeah. You know, John Williams yeah. was a person that actually constructed those movie scores. So I do think it's the age of John Williams rather than his desire at this point, because even his ability is still pretty amazing. The fact that those movie scores came out even for Rogue One and whatnot that are, are you know, so close, but yet new, pretty amazing. Go on YouTube yeah. and look up Best of John Williams. You will literally find videos that are an hour, an hour and a half, two hours long. And you'll say... That are nothing but, that, but musical scores from movies, and you'll hear them and like, oh yeah, oh my god, he did that, he did this, he did that, like, the amount of work that the man has put out in his career is astonishing. It's the soundtrack of our lives. I mean, that's a great way. Been, to, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Okay. So selfishly, my first reaction was, "No, John Williams, he can't ever quit Star Wars." But you know, then I saw he's eighty-six, and I thought, "Well, he's earned it." Yeah, he certainly has earned it. Okay. 
and, th- and that seems completely reasonable. And actually, I, I, I like he's going to ever hear this, but we obviously wish him nothing but the best. And when you've reached 86 in Hollywood and you're still well-known and you're still a positive working. personality <laughs> and working, God love you, you know? Yeah. Okay. I'm sure he'll feel better that we give him our blessing that he go ahead and... Yeah, yeah I'm st- he's okay. It's okay. He, he'll he, sleep at night now. He can go. He, yeah. he, 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 can, he can retire. <laughs> three, three guys from Illinois said I, that I'm... It's I'm good. I can go. So he, now, schmucks, schmucks from Illinois, right? That, that's even better. I, I'm not going to talk poorly about our my friend like that, but <laughs> so, us maybe. But all right. So hang kid. on. So so you know before we do that, let's just talk about this. Saving Private Ryan, Harry Potter, Schindler's List, Superman, E.T. The Extraterrestrial, obviously. Close Encounters. I knew that. Indiana Jones. I clearly knew that. Jaws. Always one of my favorites. Jaws is a John Williams. Jurassic Park. And, of course, the Star Wars movies. Think of these movies. These are the biggest, heaviest hitters of our time. Yeah. I mean, and you hear one of those, you immediately know what that music is. Mm-hmm. It's it's ingrained in us. Okay. All right. What, what do you got left, Tim? All right. My last um, news piece is um, maybe my most exciting one, um, at least for me. Uh, John Favreau is going to write and produce a live-action Star Wars series um, specifically designed for the new Disney streaming service that's coming soon. Uh, and if you don't know who John Favreau is, um, he is he's everything. I don't know how the guy keeps up with everything he's doing. He um, was hugely involved in the um, Marvel Iron Man movies. And he, he was happy in Iron Man. Yeah, he was happy in Iron Man. And the Avengers um, movies, too, yes. Yeah, Captain, yeah, the Iron Man Avengers movies, he still, I think, is involved in executive producing a lot of what's coming out still. I don't think he's directing any of those. Um, he's he's currently working on the live-action Lion King movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's directing that. He directed the live-action Jungle Book movie. Was 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 he not in Entourage, too, I think? It, he could or am be. am I thinking of somebody else? It's funny, as I was I going through I think he was this, part of Entourage at some, like, somewhere. I, I was flipping through, and I, I just looked up uh, John Favreau when I was doing research, and you know, there's a picture of him. I didn't realize it was him, uh, an old Seinfeld episode where George was dealing with the clown at the birthday party. That was John Favreau that was playing the uh, the clown at a birthday party on an old Seinfeld episode. So he, he, he's been around. He stars in one of my most favorite inappropriate movies of all time. Have you guys ever seen the movie Very Bad Things with Cameron Diaz? Mm-hmm. No. That is a genuinely twisted movie, and it is not appropriate for for even for, for some impressionable teenagers. But it is one of my favorite movies because it is just twisted and dark, but he's in there. It's it's a comedy. It stars a lot of, I mean, it's Christian Slater, Jeremy Piven, Cameron Diaz, uh, John Favreau, obviously, but it is a dark movie. But if you ever have a chance and you've got an open mind, check it out. It's really good. Okay, so here, I... This is stuff that he has acted in. Going back to 1992, Folks, Hoffa, he was in Rudy. Okay. People oh, probably yeah. remember that. He was Rudy's uh, roommate. Showed up at the at the football game in the fur coat. PCU, Seinfeld, Eric the Clown. There you go. Um, Batman Forever, he was an assistant there. Larry Sanders Show... Tracy takes on. He was in a number of episodes of Friends. Uh, let's see. The Sopranos. Buzz Lightyear of Star Command series. Family Guy. Pete, he fine. was the guy. Fine. He was the guy that hosted the Kiss Forum for Family Guy. <laughs> Pete, I tell you what, while we have that, you know, I want to actually ask Tim a question, but find out what, what else has he directed or been the executive director on? So I know we know him from The Jungle Book. The live action Jungle Book, as well you know, too. Directed or produced? Um, let's go with let's go with um, what does he sign on to do, Tim? He's uh, the live action Lion King movie. No, but he's for Star Wars. Is he the producer? Oh, it's going. So he's going to write and produce. It says um, okay. a live action Star Wars series. Okay. He's just gonna, He's listed here as the executive producer. Okay. For untitled Star Wars, John Favreau project. According to IMDb, we'll call that the return of Jar Jar. But okay, let's go on. 
Let's not. We want this to succeed. <laughs> I'll tune in. And, and I think an important, you know, part to this is, you know, the fact that this is going to be exclusive for the new Disney streaming service. They're they're really setting themselves up to be able to utilize that, um, you know, to draw people in. Uh, I, I know that there are some movies. They, I saw something recently that they're planning on, you know, releasing some movies strictly to the uh, streaming service. So, um I think they are going to be producing some incredible material that's going to be exclusive for them. Well, they'd be foolish not to. With the success of Stranger Things that went directly to Netflix, obviously, and other series that are just you know property of their streaming networks, they'd be foolish not to. But their library of movies, shows, cartoons, kids programming, even with the acquisition of Fox, it's 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 over the top. I mean, it already rivals what Netflix and what Hulu have right now. So if you add your own content, your own genuine content for super fans like that, I mean, they guaranteed to secure their $10, $15 a month from you guys. I'm not knocking you because I'll be one of them, <laughs> you know? So I def- I'd definitely be one of them. If the WWE could put out enough content to have people that subscribe to the WWE, and I'm not knocking them because my daughter is a huge WWE fan, so we are subscribers to the WWE Network at the house. But if they can do it, then think of what Disney has, what's under their umbrella. That's that's unbelievable. Okay. Okay, so, Pete, Tim, you guys got anything, you know, upon uh, closing here? I covered my pages of notes. Okay. Peter, you got anything, buddy? Um, going back to John Favreau. Okay. Directed. Big ones that he's done. Elf, Iron Man 1 and 2. Uh, Chef, Jungle Book, The Lion King, Jungle Book 2, which has been announced. Uh, as far as producer credits, again, Lion King, another, there's an Avengers movie he's producing. Infinity War, he was an executive producer. Jungle Book 2, like I said. Age of Ultron, executive producer. Iron Man 3, executive producer. Avengers, executive producer. They're going to keep him busy. I mean, <laughs> they're going to the, keep him busy. Unbelievable. Spider-Man Homecoming. His wife better be tolerant. Is he married? Uh, um, if, if not, <laughs> she, she's in for a, for a workout as far as cross-country travel. All right. He was, he's, just, he's been in so much stuff. Hey, Pete, have one of the interns get on this. Crazy. Let's get John Favreau on the show. All right? Let's get one of the interns yeah. on this. All right? We'll, we'll okay, work on this. Sure. Tim, maybe next time you come on, we'll have John Favreau ready to talk with us. Does that work for you? That sounds good. That sounds good. I'm- or do it. All right. So, Tim, thank you for sharing your information today. Honestly, when we pick a topic, we like to have fun with the topic. But when you pick a topic like Star Wars, we knew immediately that we're, like, overloaded. And there is, like, almost too much information to disseminate. You need an entire show for this. So thank you for doing the prep work. And we intend on having you back on for uh, for updates on this. You are our de facto Star Wars expert. Well, I hope I can live up to it. And we will bestow you the title of Darth Van Swole so you can... <laughs> tell the family afterwards so for my buddy tim for my buddy peter for myself we'd like to thank you for joining us and have a great day see ya goodbye